Hey Solomon, this is Jay Rosemary. Are you tired of feeling overwhelmed and alone? I know when my children were younger, there was a lot of times I felt alone. That's why I started Solomon's Talk, this podcast. But you're not alone. You don't have to parent alone. And I, I keep repeating it because it's something that it seems we are convinced that we are alone. But reach out to me. I'm here for you. I can talk you through anything that's going through your mind. Because believe me, I've gone through some stuff. You can tell from listening to these podcasts that I empathize with you. And I understand and can connect with what's happening with you. So click the link below and book a one-on-one with me. We could just chat. Uh, No obligation, no... um, No commitment, just chat. And so don't parent alone. Click the link below and book a a chat with me. And no obligation, confidential and safe place to talk about you. As someone who has experienced domestic violence in numerous forms, this is a difficult episode for me. Donna Wales shares her story about the two types of responses from the church when she was being abused by her then-husband. Scripture commands husbands to love their wives, even as Christ loves the church. Christ doesn't push the church downstairs or punch it in the eye. Christ does not call the church the B word or the H word. If you've been called disgusting names, you understand what I'm talking about. He does not demand service without providing protection. But whether you're a Christian or not, domestic violence is never okay. Tired? Weary? Frustrated? What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solo Mom's Talk, I discuss with solo mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solo mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle of life Hard to keep your head above the water. So win this fight. Today I'm speaking with Donna Wales, author, wife, mom, and domestic abuse survivor. Welcome, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. Sure, absolutely. Now, this is a topic that a lot of women unfortunately is familiar with. And I wanted to tell me, how did you end up in that situation? Well, just by way of introduction, I um, I think it became a cultural thing because 
Um, I remember sitting in a meeting with my Christian school principal, who was also our school guidance counselor, and Mm -hmm. my mother sitting there, and he looked at me, and he looked at my mother and said, you know, she's not very bright, but she'll make someone a really good secretary or a wife and mom. And I could barely believe what I was hearing, and Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to, you know, say anything while the adults were talking. But God had a plan for my life. And, you know, fast forward, I moved to Hawaii. I became a Christian school teacher and I met my husband, then, my then husband, at a church picnic. And we started dating or courting, as they called it. And mm-hmm. it was the expected thing to, to marry quickly so that you didn't fall into sexual sins. And I think that was the beginning of it. There were some red flags when we were dating, but um, they were all dismissed with, oh, you know, these things happen or, you know, that verse about being kind to everyone and to forgive people. So you should just let it go. So you said two things that the red flag, I want to get to that in a bit. But you also said something that your mom said to you or about you in front of you. And I'm going to start at that because that has a lot to do with self-esteem and self-worth. And if people keep telling us things and we believe it, especially the people we trust, like our parents, and we believe it, then when some guy comes along with a bright smile and tell us the same thing, we believe it, right? Or Or if he's nasty, we say, well, I don't deserve any better. Exactly. And it was actually my my school guidance counselor who was telling my mom that I shouldn't, you know, she really shouldn't have to take these high level science classes or math classes. Mm. She's not very bright. So, so this is the best that she could do. Mm. And that's not, you know, like you said, if we hear that from our parents and the people who are in authority, then when someone comes along and makes us feel a little special, all of a sudden we're caught up in that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the other part is the red flags. I've been married and divorced three times and I saw the red flags, but we excuse them right now. Absolutely. Now you are a Christian and there there's another dynamics to that, right? There, there are expectations. Tell us about how you felt going into the marriage and then how you felt once the abuse started. So Going into the marriage, my grandfather said, oh, you're 25 years old. You're an old maid. Mm. So there was a lot of pressure to get married. Mm -hmm. And the first red flag that I missed was actually I had a I had I was teaching at a Christian school in Hawaii and an old friend of mine came to visit from, I want to say, South Carolina or somewhere. And he was flying through on his way to Asia. And so we had lunch and I wasn't seriously dating what was to become my husband at that point. We weren't engaged and it was just a couple of hours lunch while he had a layover. And he called me about seven times. Where are you? You're betraying me and all of these things. And I I see your face going, you know, that's a huge red flag. But but in my case, I dismissed it as, oh, he really cares about me that much. And then I got back to the place where um, we had agreed to meet after, you know, after my lunch with and go out with another couple. And the other girl's mom took me aside and she said, 
he was crying and he was beside himself. How could you betray him this way? And I said, I don't know what I did. And she said, well, you know, the Bible tells you that if you offend someone, you have to apologize. So I remember apologizing to him, but not knowing what I was apologizing for. I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. And that was a huge red flag. And then that continued with, where are you? When are you coming? When am I going? When, you know, all mm-hmm. of these things. And I didn't know that those were, that those were red flags. Mm-hmm. I just, because of all of the, the pressure to get married and to be that wife and mom, mm-hmm. then I, I just, I ignored it, but I, thought it was naively I thought it was adorable yeah so much about me yeah and I understand fully I I became a Christian when I was 17 so I and I got married by the time I was 20 so I understand the pressure to get married and you know before something happens to you (laughs) Right now, and I keep harping on these questions because I realize we make a lot of mistakes and unfortunately we become the teacher now. Right. Do you think that we as women in the church are naive when it comes to men? And and what can we do to think differently than we do? You know, I think that it's even sometimes worse for women in the church Because I actually, so my husband, my ex-husband now, the last time I was alone with him, he picked up my body and slammed it into the storm door of our apartment and threw me down the concrete stairs. (sighs) And, you know, God's angels must have carried me because I remember touching the doorstep and, you know, getting the screen door open. Mm-hmm. And I remember thanking God at the bottom. Thank you, Jesus, for putting me down on my feet. Mm. And I don't remember any, you know, touching any of the stairs in between. Not at all. And so I really think that, you know, the angels obviously protected you. Yeah. But but my pastor called me when I was staying in hiding because my then soon to be ex-husband was stalking me. And we had a 15 month old daughter and all these things. And. He actually threatened to excommunicate me to keep me out of the church if I did not take my abuser back. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the head deacon's house, and the reason that my book is called I'll Pray for You, is that I went to the head deacon's house to try to find someplace safe to stay. Mm-hmm. And he dismissed me. He didn't even let me in the door. And he said, he's dangerous, but we'll pray for you. Yeah, I saw that. Jesus said that when you see your brother in need, why tell them, you know, go away and I'll pray for you? Because, you know, how are you helping? How is that helping? Yeah. And that really shattered my faith. And so these yes. people that I thought were, were my Christian friends, my church friends, mm-hmm. were were all lost. And where was God in, you know, in letting me go through something like that. And mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, back to your question, I don't think that we do a good job of supporting each other and other women who are going through these things. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone in my church knew what I was going through. Yeah. Well, I think it also goes to the cover up, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it's the cover up. 
Mm-hmm. I, and I can relate because you know, it's not a joking matter. But when I think back, it, it it's the cover up. Well, he's your husband and you should let him beat it to a pulp and you must still serve him. Right. And, and so I, I actually don't agree with that. I actually had to leave the church at one point because of stuff. I, you know, I was I was taken out off all my duties and he was still there. So I understand. Now, tell me about your book. What has been the fallout, if any, of you writing this book? You know, God has given me this message of hope and and sharing my story that it's been a long time. You know, I've been divorced 14 years now. My daughter is 16. Okay. But, but God has given me a new life and a new husband who is amazing. My daughter okay. will be a senior in high school this next year. And, mm-hmm. you know, praise God, she's going to make it. <laughs> you know, and, and God has just, it reminds me of the verse in Jeremiah that says, um, God has you know, I have plans for you, plans mm-hmm. for hope and a future, plans to prosper you. Yes. And he really has. It's been a difficult road. But, you know, right down to when I was thinking about writing this book, the teacher in the classroom next to mine came over and was telling me about her ex-boyfriend that was abusive. And so I was sharing a little bit of my story. And she said, you know, you need to write this in a book. And I said, I, I've started writing this in a book, but, you know, it's really difficult and I don't know how much to share. And and even when I got a traditional contract to publish my book and I called this a local photographer, she said, are you kidding me right now? And I said, no, this is, I need headshots for my book that I'm, that's being published about my escape from domestic abuse. And she said, I just left my husband who was abusing me. Mm. And God has brought all of these people across my path that I can share, that I get to share my story and how God has first saved my life. And yes. um, my relationship with God has gone from, you know, that very, like you were talking about all the ladies groups and teaching Sunday school and all those things. And, you know, I, I don't do that now, but I have a faith in God that's personal with God. And it's not it's not the fake for show. I must wear mm-hmm. a dress to look, you know, a certain way. Right. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. And it's so much better. Mm-hmm. And, and so the book goes, it chronicles through the through my life, you know, starting with I was born into the Christian family and expected to go into, you know, all of these things mm-hmm. up until now when my life is so much better. And my faith, even though it was shattered at one point, is so much stronger now. That's good. That's good. And what about your daughter? Because she maybe witnessed some of that. And I guess she has a, a better role model. Very much so. Okay. Um, so my daughter is now 16 and, you know, we, we struggle with these issues because she and I probably both have PTSD. We don't do surprises at our house, right? We, mm-hmm. we don't, you know, people have surprise parties. We don't do surprise parties. Mm-hmm. We don't jump out and scare one another. That causes all sorts of anxiety. Mm-hmm. But we have schedules and we have lists and we have calendars and organization. And um, my husband works as a planning officer. And 
he and I dated for off and on for about four years before we got married because we wanted to be, we wanted to be sure. And we wanted to be like emotionally healthy for, mm-hmm. you know, for one another. But um, he met my daughter when she was not quite four and now she's 16 and he's the only dad that she remembers. So okay. she may not call him dad, but that's absolutely his role. And he loves her to death. But and the two of them have dad and daughter movie nights and they kick me out of the living room and they put on a movie and popcorn and the whole everything. Mm-hmm. And it just makes my heart happy to see right. the two of them like that, that she has such a positive role model. Yeah, that's good, because that's absolutely necessary in any case, but in especially in this case. Yes. So she has no relationship with your your ex. She does not. Um, okay. She had some video, like Skype visits, but he was so mean to her. Like he would Mm. make her cry on the screen and then he would laugh because she was Mm. crying. And it got so bad that we took her to a therapist and her therapist said Mm -hmm. no more. And her therapist helped us go to court to have his visitation removed because it was just so traumatizing for her just that that verbal and mental abuse mm-hmm. just even across the screen. Mm-hmm. It's weak, just, huh? Yeah. Yeah, very weak. Well, unfortunately it happens and I, I am so sorry it happens where there should be safety in the church. Absolutely. And I, I don't want to disparage anything to do with the church because it's where I find comfort. But we have souls to think about. We can't just think about ourselves. We have to think about people who who need to come in, right? Absolutely. And the pastor is he's he's not perfect, right? He he's got his man. Too, mm-hmm. But um, one of the pastors that I really appreciated that I um, and I didn't know this at the time, but talking to him now, he said he has changed his teaching about marriage to married couples as, you know, it used to be thou shalt never divorce, right? And mm-hmm. if you divorced, then then all of your positions in the church and all that kind of stuff you'd had to give up. But he said, you know, that's not realistic anymore. That's not really a, that's not where God wants us to be. We need to minister to people who are hurting. And so he gives three re- three legitimate reasons for divorce. And the first one is abuse and adultery and addiction is what he calls them, the three A's. Mm-hmm. And he said those all break the marital contract. You know, when you're married, you promise to to give yourself to this other person. But if they are involved in adultery or addiction or abuse, that's not how Christ would treat the church. And that's not how right. Christ would want you to treat your partner. And so there are some really good pastors and churches out there that that would that really reach out to people who are hurting. But, you know, it's taken me a long time to separate God from the from the judgmental actions of his people. I've been in churches, and maybe you have too, where you feel like you're wearing a scarlet letter. Oh, your daughter's name, last name is not the same as yours. Okay, but I don't know that that's any of your business. We're right. to worship the Lord, not. Well, for for a long time, I felt that way, like after divorce, and you know, I was a single mom, and for a long time, I thought I, I thought that way. I had this low self esteem. 
But then I thought about Hagar and I'm like, God protected her. God loved her, even though she was not from the fold, so to speak. And I put myself in her shoes and at the mercy of God. And I stopped thinking that way. Right. Yes. Yes. All right. So I was going to say one of my favorite um, Bible heroes or female heroes is Esther because, Mm -hmm. you know, she risked her life to to give the message to the king. And so if she was willing to risk her life, then should I not risk a little embarrassment to share the message of hope and that God gives us hope and a future? Yes, very true. It's obedience to shining your light, right? Yes. Yes. Well, I'm glad you're talking about it. A lot of us are not that brave, but I'm very glad that not that you had the experience, but that you're able to share it um, because there are a lot of people who are still either still in the situation or single moms, maybe on the verge of getting into these situations. I want you to tell me if you can. Give me like three signs. We talked about one about the, you know, getting anxious and the multiple texts and calls. And if you can give me three signs of someone who could possibly be an abuser. My ex-husband was very manipulative. If I did not, there was a couple of times where I went to the grocery store and I forgot his favorite cereal or his favorite soda. And so he would give me the silent treatment. He just wouldn't talk or I would make dinner and he would say, oh, I'm just going to eat peanut butter and jelly. You know, so so just that level of manipulation and then the everything is all fine. It wasn't that I wasn't talking to him, but it had to be like the little tiny. He only wanted 30 second blurbs. And if it didn't involve him, he didn't want to know. It was just the it's all about him. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't involve him, then go on about your day and don't talk to me. Mm. But when I call, you better be there. You know, so those were some, you know, manipulation and then the be right here when I want you. But if you want to talk to me, then you'll have to wait. Right. Wow. What is Donna grateful for today? You know, I had a really good meeting with a lady who is who is did a manuscript review of my next book Mm -hmm. and she was brutal but I'm really thankful that she was honest and that she cared enough to say look if you're going to write this then we need to make it the best that it can be and so I'm I'm a little hurt by (laughs) you know hurt by those words but Mm -hmm. But I'm also thankful that she was willing to take the time with me and say, you know, you could do this so much better if it just, you know, change this around or focus on this topic instead of all of these things that you'd like to say, bring it down and make it like these little pieces. Right. So I'm really thankful for and even opportunities like this where I get to share about God's hope and and the plans for a future, Mm -hmm. even when I don't feel like after being abused and, you know, that self-esteem that sometimes I don't even feel worth it. But God says, I have these plans for you. Yes. Amazing. Yes. You're his masterpiece. 
My next one is, do you practice self-care and what does that look like for you? Oh, self-care is difficult for everyone at this point. But um, I like to play silly video games online and, you know, you'll find me playing Candy Crush and some of the other (laughs) word cookies and some of the other things just to kind of unwind. Okay. All right. And how can someone get in touch with you? I think you do some type of um, counseling or coaching or... So I don't counsel or coach, but I do have a website and I send out information about different, you know, different top, like mostly, obviously, signs of of abuse and trauma mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. But um, my website is authordwales.org. Okay. And I am working on, my next project is actually a devotions through the cycle of abuse Mm. because when I was going through the cycle of abuse it was so hard to keep my focus on God and not feel sorry for me Mm -hmm. and so it's 30 days through the cycle of abuse and so I took each of the four parts of the cycle of abuse and there are different bible verses and reflection questions and and then a little like a prayer of help me remember as I go through this, God, whatever the, the thought of the day is. That one is coming soon, hopefully. Okay. All right. And we could find your book, A Christian's Guide to Surviving Domestic Violence. Wherever books are sold, right? I just saw it on Amazon. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. What do you have to say to someone going domestic abuse right now? It's a tough place to be. And, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to have to go through that. But there are people who will help. And I prayed Psalm 121, verse one, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from, you know, from when comes my my help. help. Here comes Mm -hmm. my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And amen. I prayed that because I didn't know who on earth could help me, but I knew that God could help me. Yes, definitely. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to come and talk to me. Anything else? Thank you so much for, for having me out. This has been a really good, very good time. And um, let me know if you would like to do this again sometime. Absolutely, for sure. Especially when the next book comes out, we should talk about that. That sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life for her. If you are experiencing domestic violence, it's not okay for someone to abuse you. According to the United Nations, domestic abuse is typically manifested as a pattern of abusive behavior towards an intimate partner in a dating or family relationship where the abuser exerts power and control over the victim. I have left a couple of links below, one to the UN.org's website, and the other one is to the EVAW Global Database, Women Domestic Abuse Hotline. So please go to the link if you know someone who's in trouble or if you're in trouble yourself. Hello, Solomoms. 
As a solo mom of three adult sons, I understand the challenges you face on a daily basis. As a mentor, my mission is to help you shift your mindset and empower you to take control of your life. To see yourself as God sees you. I know that unresolved trauma can be a heavy burden to carry and parenting alone can be a lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be that way. I want you to know that you are not alone. You have the strength and resilience to overcome your challenges and create the life you desire. I want to help you to make the effort to tackle unresolved trauma and change your perspective so you can live the life you deserve. I offer complimentary consultation where we can discuss how to move forward, create a plan to help you heal and empower you. You can schedule a consultation by emailing me at jen at jrosemarie.com or by calling plus one nine one seven nine nine four one three two nine or schedule a consultation with the link below. I am here for you and I want to help you take the first step towards healing and empowerment. Don't let unresolved trauma hold you back any longer. Don't parent in silence. So take action today and let's work together to empower you to live the life you desire.